Privacy and Classes in Session. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Marvel School for Dummies. I am your professor, Learen Jass. I am joined as always by my co-professor, Jordan Deeb. And our lovely student, Victoria Lyman. And this week's lecture will be on the third and final solo Thor movie, Thor Ragnarok, directed by Takio Watiti and released in 2017. <laughs> um, I think it was around like October-ish or something. Yep, we'll know in one second when my computer starts ha- stops having a mental break. <laughs> to, to our lovely listeners, my computer's been having a November 3rd. Okay, I was going to say, or it was November, because it was also around the time that Justice League came out, and I was going to see him with the same person, and as you know, Liren, I did not see Justice League, because I had to go to the hospital, and you yelled at me for almost not doing that. Yeah, because it's stupid to go see a fucking Thor movie, and we're frozen. Oh. Still working on my end. Yeah, it's probably still working on my end, I just can't fucking see it, and I'm just, Uh, I'm annoyed. I've had it, I've fucking had it. Okay, there we go. Yep, we've been recording this entire fucking time. All right. Anyways, yes. So it was released on November 3rd, 2017. It was directed by Takio Watiti and written by Eric Pearson and Craig Kyle. Uh, Why do I think Takio also wrote it? I mean, I think he had a hand in writing the story, but he's not credited as a screenwriter. Got you, got you. Um, it stars, of course... Chris Hemsworth as Thor. Did you forget and, his name? No, my computer's frozen again. <laughs> um, it stars, you know, that that Australian fucker. <laughs> as well as the addition of Kate Blanchett as Hela. We have Tom Hilson as Loki. Uh, and a f- bunch of other fun cameos. Um, I'd love to tell you what the tagline is, but my computer won't let me open the page. So, I'm just, I'm going to become Amish. I swear to God, I'm (laughs) going to set all technology on fire and just go live in the woods. Okay, so it looked like it had multiple taglines. One was, no hammer, no problem. The other was, thunder will rain and let the games begin. So pick your favorite. Hate all of them. They're all bad. Um, Most of these haven't had, like, good taglines. Listen, here's the thing. Taglines are stupid as fuck. They're not necessary anymore because, like, you can watch a preview on demand on YouTube whenever you fucking want. Yeah. So, like, they're not needed. The one one that's on um, Letterboxd is No Hammer, No Problem. Yeah. Which I I feel like maybe that one is the best one it's not good but the thing is i don't even remember most of these taglines that we've said on the show being used in the marketing the only one that comes to mind is the civil war tagline of uh divided we fall which is just that abraham lincoln quote that was utilized for the movie's marketing but other than that i do not remember any marketing because taglines any tagline marketing were that's what went in the paper and on the poster because in the olden times before trailers went up on YouTube, if you didn't happen to see a TV spot for a movie, you wouldn't know what it was about. 
And so through the title, the poster design, and the tagline, they had to imply what a movie was about. Yeah. We have moved on from those times. So Jordan, what what, what are your <laughs> thoughts on this movie? Um, so the first time I saw this movie in theaters, I got a vibration on my Apple Watch that I had never felt before. And I was like, the fuck is this thing doing? And I looked at it and the Apple Watch went, are you okay? Your heart rate has went up and down X amount of times in the past hour or so because I would just laugh and then settle down and then laugh so hard and then settle down. Oh my God. I like it. I guess I'd say I like it. Um, That's so funny though. Yeah. It was also like this was the first, maybe the only movie I've ever seen at an Alamo draft house. I was just fucking stuffing my face with like salty food. And so I'm, my Apple Watch is like, you're about to have a heart attack. I'm so jealous we don't have one of those Like that's like more convenient to go to. Yeah, I saw this when I was at school, so I wasn't that far away. Oh. Well, I love this movie. This is one of my favorite Marvel movies. I'm pretty sure it's number three in my ranking, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I um, also liked that they gave you like a recap of what happened in like Thor 1 and 2 because like I hadn't watched them in a minute at the time and I completely forgot the whole thing about like Loki pretending to be Odin and all that. So I was like, this is this is a mm-hmm. good reminder. Um, This came out senior year of college. I did not see it when it came out because I went, it's a Thor movie. I don't care. <laughs> um, Even though I like the other Thor movies, I was like, I don't really care all that much. Um, And I had other stuff going on. I was putting, it came out the week before This Is Our Youth opened. So I was like, I don't care about anything else happening that isn't This Is Our Youth right that- now. <laughs> That's that was, fair. That was a, a, a play that Learen was directing in college. Yeah. My senior year of college, I had to direct a play. I chose to, I won a grant to direct a play and it opened the weekend after this and my life was just that play for like the entire first half of, the entire first semester, honestly, of senior year. Anyways, so I watched it. Well, I'm really just shitting on my undergrad, uh, undergrad program right now. Um, That's Okay. So spring of senior year, I was in a garbage production of Hamlet for my final show in college. Uh, Long story short, the entire senior class of my undergraduate degree got fucked over. uh, And none of us wanted to be there. We all hated the entire experience. And so uh, Thor Ragnarok was on Netflix. And I saw somebody watching it in the dressing room during tech. And I went, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. And I watched Thor Ragnarok on my laptop in the dressing room uh, waiting for my last scene. Because Hamlet's 20 fucking years long. And I had so much time between scenes. Um, That's fun. That's how I watch this movie. I love this movie. I love Takio Atiti. I love everything that man does. Um, I somehow missed that he was directing this because if he was, if I had known that, I would have seen it immediately after the Star Youth closed. Because I love him. I love all of everything. What We Do in the Shadows is a fantastic movie. I love the television show that it spawned too. Hunt for the Wilder People is a great movie. Like, I love all of his work. I don't think I recognized his name when it was announced, but I do remember watching the trailer for this movie and the whole thing being like, this is not the Thor movies we've done before. We know that you people found those shit too boring. So here you go. Here's a bunch of colors. Here's a bunch of comedy and a fucking soundtrack that sounds like it's an 80s fucking just. I mean, the entire movie looks like it's an 80s. Just it's all bright colors. And yeah, but yeah. So I love this movie. But yeah, no, I love Takio Atiti. 
Jordan, if you haven't watched What We Do in the Shadows, you absolutely should because you would fucking love it. Victoria, you'd also probably really like What We Do in the Shadows. It is a mockumentary about vampires living in the modern world. Yeah, I've, like, heard it. I, like... It's so... So, the movie and the show are two different things. Talking yeah. about TV is actually in the movie, and it's great. The television show on FX is also phenomenal. It's just... It's so funny. It's like the... Like, it's like Parks and Rec, but... Vampires. Vampires trying to yeah. live in modern day. Okay, for a split second, like you kept saying what we do in the shadows. Like I wasn't familiar with this. So mm-hmm. I, for some reason, I kept thinking of Dark Shadows, that Johnny Depp no. movie. I confused I'm them offended. too. I'm offended that you call it a Johnny Depp movie. As opposed to? <laughs> the television show that got fucked up by a Johnny Depp movie. See, that's why I confused them because they both have a movie and a TV show. <laughs> yeah, Dark Shadows was a soap opera in the 19 like 70s or some shit like that and it's fine but then they made a movie about it where they completely changed the tone and changed all of the lore and everybody was like who were you making this movie for if it wasn't going to be like the television show because the only people who went to see the movie were johnny depp fans and fans of the television show and then the fans of the television show were like what the fuck is this yeah um it didn't work like 21 Jump Street where there were people who were like, oh, I like Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill, so I'm going to see this. And it's a bastardization of the show and like a complete assassination of the show. And like, like while you don't like weird. the Jump Street movies, like those were at least well received. People like it because they looked at it and went Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill and didn't know it was a television show. Dark Shadows ha- didn't have that. <laughs> yeah. Like Dark Shadows did not have that to depend on. And that's um, why I mix them up. Yeah, what we do in the shadows is all like modern. It's not based on anything old. Um, Mark Hamill is going to be in the new season. I'm very excited. Wait, He's also going? very excited. Yeah. Why did I? Why did I think it ended last year or like the year? Because it's been on hiatus for fucking ever because of the uh, pandemic. Okay. Because it it ended in like I want to say spring of 2019, and we were supposed to get a new season sometime in 2020, and then the pandemic hit. No, it's talking with TD involved in the show at all kind of he was involved in the writing at least for the first season he's not in it obviously because he's doing other things but um the new cast is phenomenal like it's such a good show anyways uh victoria what were your your first viewing opinions this this was fun i you learn you need how you were saying you were like we're just like getting banger after banger that's how i feel like Doctor Strange was great. This yeah. was great. Black um, Panther's great. Like, Homecoming on. Bangers. Even though, I will say for you guys, Homecoming on. I don't love Homecoming. I think Black even, Panther on is bangers. Even but... I don't love Homecoming, like, as much as I enjoyed this. Yeah. Bangers. Like, straight this, bangers all the way through. Like, currently, this is, like, almost neck and neck with Guardians 2. Like, that's yeah. how much I loved it. And, like, um, the next movie is Ant-Man and the Wasp, which is fucking phenomenal. And then we get Infinity War and Endgame. Um, but, yeah, like, it was fun. Um, and it was funny, which I also appreciate. Um, I appreciated that we had a female villain. I don't think we've had that before. No. That's really funny. In timeline order, we get the two really only female villains we get right in line. And Hela could step on me. 
sent I sent Learen a letterbox review that I saw from oh my god I'm gonna butcher his name he's a he's a comedian Demi uh, Ajiabe or something I don't know how to say it it's terrible but people will know who I'm talking about <laughs> um and he had this review that said um uh Kate Blanchett is really bad in this but she's so hot I hope she reads this review and comes and murders me <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, which also, we don't have to get into it, but I do kind of agree. I feel like her acting was a little off in this, but. but it was an interesting choice. It's Kate Blanchett being Kate Blanchett and doing what she does. Uh, yeah. yeah. Kate Blanchett would not be my first choice for a villain in a Takio TV movie. Um, um, but besides that. I appreciated that it was a f- female villain because, like I said, I didn't think we had seen that before. And then um, the introduction of uh, Valkyrie, Tessa oh. Thompson, also, gr- also great. Oh, my <laughs> it baby. was fun. I liked it. I love it. her so much. Uh, I love Valkyrie. I want everything. Val- I want a Valkyrie series where we see before all the Valkyrie were slaughtered. I that just, would be awesome. Everything. The Valkyrie comics are some of my favorite comics. They're all fucking great. I love that they made her a woman of color. In the comics, she's like a Swedish woman. Like, she's like a tall, blonde hair, blue-eyed woman. Which is because that's what, in Norse mythology, the Valkyrie traditionally look like. I love that they were like, fuck it, we're gonna make it a woman of color. We're gonna make her queer. Like, you know, she's going to be openly uh, bisexual in the next movie, looking for her queen and all that crap. Like, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I love her. She can do no wrong in my mind. Uh, yeah, yeah, I felt that. Um, but no. Um, fun. <laughs> yeah, great movie. With Kate Blanchett, it's just like, I feel like she's playing her character in Lord of the Rings, <laughs> but like evil, <laughs> which doesn't fit in this movie. Like she's not, I don't think she's bad in this movie. I just think she doesn't, fit it's it's also it's funny when i think about this movie i almost never think of hella as like being the a plot villain just because we're so separated from what's going on in sakar and what's going on in asgard she feels like a b plot for most of it until thor goes back at the end yeah Yeah. but the problem is is she's not because there's not really a villain on sakar and he wouldn't be on sakar if it wasn't for hella yeah. Like, she drives the whole thing, which is why she's an A-plot villain. And it's, again, Cate Blanchett doesn't do a bad job. She, I just think she was a weird casting yeah. choice. I'm also yeah. not saying that she isn't the A-plot villain. I'm just saying it doesn't yeah. feel like it at points. And, like, that is, I will say, my one complaint about this movie is sometimes the pacing is a little weird. Mm. Um, And sometimes I think we yeah. got overly long scenes so that Takio Watiti could make a joke he wanted to make. <laughs> that Like, it didn't need to be there other than they thought of something really funny and wanted to do it. Which, honestly, though, I appreciate. Because Mm. if you're gonna make the movie, like, long, like, this one's over two hours, at least least you're giving me some laughs, you know? (laughs) I would rather the movie be under two hours and there be less laughs. Hello? I've angered the gods. (laughs) What do you mean my movie was too long? <laughs> Honestly, I think most Taki Vatiti movies are too long, with the exception of Jojo Rabbit and What We Do in the Shadows. Um, 
Anyways, so the story opens about two years after the events in Avengers Age of Ultron. Yes, we know he's been dumped by James. He is hanging in chains above a fire pit before being brought before the monstrous demon Satur. Satur believes his destiny is to bring about Ragnarok, the complete destruction of Asgard. Thor learns from Satur that Odin is not on Asgard, so uses Mjolnir to escape and destroy this demon. Can I can I can I say something? I kept telling yes. my mom what this movie was named, and she was like, What what is Ragnarok? And I was like, it's like a prophecy that needs to be fulfilled. <laughs> it's legitimately in Norse mythology, Ragnarok is uh the apocalypse it's the yeah. idea is in christianity we have the whole idea that the four horsemen of the apocalypse will come and then everybody will be brought to to heaven and that whole thing ragnarok is very similar where the idea is that hella and her minions will come in and end the world and then everybody will be brought to valkyrie to live in like paradise for the rest of their like days wait valkyrie yeah. or valhalla valhalla not valkyrie valhalla <laughs> They're just all in Valkyrie's house. The okay, Valkyrie will come defeat Hela and her minions of the apocalypse, and then everybody will end up in Valhalla, and it's a whole fucking thing. Um, yeah, and Ragnarok is just the the Nordic word for apocalypse. It's, yeah, I like. I I was like, well, it's not. It's not an English American word for no. sure. <laughs> no, it's it's Norse, and it's not a made up word. No. Um, that's that's good to know. I didn't know that part until now. I just meant to be like, it, it's not like a Marvel phrase. Yeah. Like, yeah. it is a thing that, ex it's actually brought to the mainstream, like, the next God of War game is going to be called Ragnarok. And, again, that's because God of War yeah. takes a lot of Norse mythology. Yeah, the new and ones do. And the other ones don't have, like, I know that Ares and, like, Greek mythology is all involved. They don't have an apocalypse idea. Um, They don't really have a end-of-world apocalypse. Nah in their their mythos neither do the romans they thought um, they were going to live forever it's just that like the underworld is such a thing like they believed there was a cave that you could just walk into hell yeah imagine, like imagine just getting lost and ending up in hell and they didn't believe that um like there was only the underworld there was no heaven like Nobody they was good enough. It's not even that. It's just everybody goes there. It depends. Just depends on what's happened. Like what you did in life. On where in the underworld you end up. There's good parts of the underworld to them. Yeah. Um. Where you know. So it's a. It's not as. It's not as fun as like no. the other ones. Um. Anyways. And also, out of the big three, Hades is the least awful of the three main Greek gods. So, like, it's also mean to be like, he's the bringer of the underworld. No, he's the only one that doesn't, like... Well, depending on which version of Persephone you believe, he's the only one that doesn't rape someone. Um, Great. Well, because that's a whole debate. Um, I love that debate, but that's a conversation for another time. Uh, anyways... So he destroys Satur, keeps his crown slash skull, which is his the demon's power source. Thor then returns to Asgard and it sends uh, the skull down to the vault, but then finds that Hemdal has been replaced as Sentry of the Bifrost Bridge by the inept Scourge, uh, who explains that Odin accused Hemdal of treachery. Hemdal subsequently fled and his whereabouts are unknown. 
I love Scourge. So fucking funny. He just has all the shit from Earth, including like AR-15s and a moped. Like it's my favorite fucking thing. I just like um, when Hella first shows up and he goes, "I'm just a janitor." <laughs> yeah. Uh, upon reaching Asgard, Thor sees a massive statue of Loki, as well as Odin lounging around, enjoying a play about Loki's horrific sacrifice while fighting the Dark Elves. There's something... In... Oh, go. Oh. Do say... No, you say... I'm gonna cut in with this is my favorite cameo in any Marvel movie ever, because it references a fucking Kevin Smith movie. And I, I love Kevin Smith. For anybody who doesn't know, Kevin Smith is one of my favorite creators i love him he is so unapologetically himself dogma specifically is one of my favorite movies i unironically say that the only reason i still identify as anything christian is because of the movie dogma um and in dogma there is a fallen angel named loki played by matt damon and so in this the actor playing loki is matt damon and i i remember watching this movie go going no one understands this reference. The people in the world who understand this reference are me and my father. Like, <laughs> that is the beginning and end of who understands this reference, but I appreciate it. Because this was also going on during, like, there's kind of a bit where Matt Damon was just doing a bunch of cameos in random movies. And this yeah. kind of blended everything. Because, like, he did a he did one in um, Deadpool 2 as well. So people were just like, yeah, Matt Damon just likes popping up in these random movies. Ha ha. But also the uh, the chorus singing like the score to Frigga's funeral from Thor two, yeah. fucking hilarious. Yeah. I was gonna say there's just I don't know there's something so like human about thinking about the fact that all these Asgardians are putting on a play, <laughs> like, they're reenacting the Dark yeah. World. I don't know. It's just so. Like, I don't know. It like really like humanizes all of them. You're just like, okay. You know what? They enjoy this stuff too. I feel like it would be like if Spider-Man Homecoming opened up with a bunch of students doing a class presentation on like what happened in Civil War with them like on a school stage. Just (laughs) it's the same. It would be the same energy. The other reason I like it is it's such a clever throwback to the past two movies, setting up that idea of it being like a more Shakespearean mm-hmm. uh, environment, because that is legitimately what you did. Like, the yeah. historics were just the queen going to see plays praising her family. Like, no, yeah. I know. And that's I, the other thing about cool. it. That's, yeah, that it's really, like, yeah, it's really clever, clever and funny. And I don't know. <laughs> I just, it's good. It's very good. No, it's it's very fun, and I I, I enjoy it. Um, it's also just a very Loki thing to do to be like, I want to watch a play about myself. Yeah, yeah, and it's also like you know, God bless Anthony Hopkins because he has to. He's not playing Odin. He's playing Loki playing Odin. Oh, I love Which shit is like that. A hard thing that a couple of people have had to do just because. Of the the god that Loki is, because like Chris Evans had to do that too, where he was playing Loki, playing Steve, and I have a feeling that you know the series comes out in a week, we're probably going to see people in that playing Loki, playing themselves. Yeah. Um, I really want to see Owen Wilson <laughs> play Loki, playing Owen Wilson's character. 
Yes. I just want to see Owen Wilson's character. Like, I'm fascinated by him. I also feel like this is the moment that I'm going to start respecting Owen Wilson as an actor. (laughs) I have not liked a single thing I have seen him in, but... um, I feel like this is what's going to be what does it for me. From what I've read, it's really funny. Where like Owen Wilson is one of those people that like he does a lot of dumb movies, but has a lot of like talent to his name and like a lot of credentials. Where he's just like not some guy who lucked into this shit. No, and that's I think that's where I get frustrated sometimes is when there are actors that I'm like, you're better than this. Why yeah. are you in this movie? You know who else I've realized is like that recently is actually like like Kevin James. Yeah, Kevin James is a wildly talented actor. Yeah. But that gets into a whole other thing because there's a very specific reason that Kevin James did not get the career he deserves. And, like, it's gross. Okay. Are you really not putting it together? His weight? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That's what I was jumping. Yeah, I was double checking. (laughs) What do you mean? That is literally, like, yeah, it's that he's not skinny. Yeah. So, like, he doesn't get roles that he absolutely should have gotten. And it's just because people like to make jokes about how he's like fat and awkward. The thing is that he's like, you know, side tangent. He's not. He's just uh, he's he's bigger, but like he's very athletic. Like he did. He does a lot of sports and a lot of wrestling. He's just one of those people that has, you know, more weight over his muscle than being very toned and defined. He also calls himself fat is very fun. Uh, In Leah Remney's book, she shared that one Christmas he gave her an autographed photo of himself that said from your fat husband. (laughs) Good. Yeah, it says something else about their character in King of Queens sex life, but I don't remember what it is. I love that. Yeah. Um, I love that. In, In that book, she just constantly talks about how like... He was so weird about the Scientology thing because he thought it was dumb but didn't want to offend her. And so he was just like, okay. But she also didn't really preach to him because he's a devout Catholic. Yeah. Yeah, which I applaud her for doing because there were a lot of people in Scientology that didn't listen to stuff like that. Yeah, and she was like, no, like, why would I bother trying to convert him? He is a devout Catholic. And they yeah. wanted her to, didn't they? Yeah, yes. no, they, yes. just, they, they actively tried to get her. There's an alternate universe him. where she got him, and then he tried to get, like, Chris Rock and Adam Sandler. Yeah, no. <laughs> He's, uh, and she was like, I'm not doing this. It's also partly that Leah Remney is just an amazing human being, and I love yeah. everything she does. And if you're interested in Scientology, please check out her podcast. It's so good. It's her and Mike <gasps> Rinder, and it's did you not know this? Now? Her and Mike Rinder have a podcast. It's phenomenal. Oh and they God. interview all sorts of people I'm and talk about all sorts of stuff. <laughs> yeah, they've had it for like a year. I can't believe I point. didn't know this. <sighs> yeah. Well, okay. I follow Mike Rinder just... on Twitter is what I know. <laughs> good. I'm subscribing I'm immediately. It's a good podcast. It's fun. And they talk about other like cult-like religions and that whole like thing, which is very nice. Um, anyways, this has been, uh, Scientology for Dummies. Yep. Is that offensive? Is that gonna get me declared? No. I mean, technically, Scientology is for- Okay, nope, never mind. <laughs> That's gonna get you declared. That's gonna get you declared as a suppressive person, and then I get attacked. Of all the things to get me canceled, it's me calling out Scientology? Okay, They're sure. wild. They will send people to your home. Sir? I'm gonna stop talking okay. about this. Yeah. I'm gonna stop talking about this. <laughs> Sir, I'm just some dude that likes to talk about Marvel. Just, like, relax. Um, anyways. Uh. 
really quick, I'm so sorry. I said to my parents once while under the influence of certain substances um, in New York City when we were walking past the Church of Scientology, I was like, my life's goal is to like be so fuck to get famous and be so fucking annoying about this kind of stuff and the fact that Scientology is a cult that I get declared. And my dad went, Learn, shut up. Because as I said that, three people ahead of us turned around and gave me the nastiest looks. And my father was like, could you not say this outside the building? Please. I mean, <laughs> I technically, like, if you get enough people, you could just, you know, put a protest in front of that building, call them out right there on the spot. I'm just, I just, I, I, I love... I I want them to end and I'm really hoping that the Danny Masterson trial like pushes some shit forward. It's like this weird mix of like you have to destroy some but also save the other half. Yeah, the people that are trapped there, I, I feel for you and like yeah. hope you find a way to be free. Um anyways. Uh, it is revealed that Loki had placed Odin under a spell. Oh, wait, hang on, I jump forward. <laughs> uh, Lo- Thor quickly forces Loki, who has usurped and disguised himself as Odin prior to the end of Thor the Dark World, to drop his charade and demands to know what happens to Odin. Great scene the way he does it, too. Yeah. Like, great scene. It's such clever writing to be like, well, like, you can't, you won't be able to stop this. You won't be able to catch this. Yeah. And it's just going to tear right through you. It will rip through your chest, which where's the alternate universe where we get that scene where I, so suddenly like, Thor Ragnarok becomes midsummer. And like I'm ass- I'm assuming I'm assuming when Loki dies, like his magic, right? Just poof, he will go back to because how fucked up would it be if he killed Odin, like in quotes. And like that's the thing is Thor never would, and there is a part of me who would have loved it if this scene was Loki calling Thor on his bluff, but Loki also loves himself too much to risk that. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why this version is better. Um anyways. Uh it is revealed that Loki had placed Odin under a spell and dumped him in a retirement home in New York City. Uh by the time they get there it has been demolished. My favorite line in this entire movie is Loki going I swear I left him here. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is where I, I left him. Like, listen, I've lied a lot. This is one of those times where I wasn't. Um, before they can plan their next move, Loki is suddenly pulled through a dimensional hole in the sidewalk in a car with an address of 177A Bleecker Street is left behind. Thor goes there and finds Dr. Stephen Strange, the mystic guardian of Earth, who helps him to find Odin on the condition that all Asgardians leave Earth. Uh, because Loki has ruined it for everybody. <laughs> Loki's the one bad apple. Yeah. Um, Thor agrees, and after doing some research, during which Thor is constantly teleported through the stra- through the sanctum, uh, Doctor Strange deduces that Odin is in Norway. He then releases Loki from his endless fall, and uh, when Loki tries to attack and exasperate Strange, the Doctor unceremoniously sends them through another portal. Yep. Um... Again, I like the scene. Great. It's all set up so well. Yeah. I also like how um Takio Atiti decided to make Doctor Strange's costume a little bit more comic like and I don't want to say accurate, not that the original is inaccurate, but like he decided to go more campy with it and just give him like the really bright yellow gloves. Oh, that scene. was also they've they decided that on the first movie that going forward they were gonna have that. Oh, really? That as he got more comfortable, that he chose to put on the gloves to protect his hands, um, just because his hands are still delicate and sensitive. And yeah, that's like a whole does thing that they- Does he have them in Infinity War and Endgame? No, because he's not prepared to leave Earth. Gotcha. In Infi- he's- 
Okay, we can't I, talk I, I, about this because of spoilers. No, no, but no. when we get to Infinity War, I will explain why he doesn't have the gloves. Uh, no, no, it's, I get it now because I did. Hands. I did yeah. think it was just a Takio Watiti thing for a second. No, it's the idea is that he wears those gloves to protect his hands, and like that most protective gloves you can get come in that obnoxious yellow color. Yeah. So it's just, which I get it. I feel like even if you were using magic and not doing hand to hand, if you had gone through that, you'd be like, I'm just gonna like. Especially with how much it affected him, you know. Check yeah, I'm just gonna pop on some gloves here and protect my baby hands. Um, <laughs> what? He said baby hands, and I imagined that Deadpool thing with his little hand, but like on Doctor Strange. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Oh, God. Uh, uh, they find Odin in Norway sitting near a scenic cliff having shaken off Loki's spell, and he admits that he is dying and Ragnarok is approaching. Thor insists that when he uh, destroyed Satur, he prevented Ragnarok. Odin mentions Hela, his true firstborn child, the goddess of death, and the one who will seize Asgard from Odin's sons. Odin tells Thor and Loki that their previously unknown sister was completely consumed by darkness and sealed away. The only force that continues her exile is Odin himself. He apologizes to Thor for failing him before dying and disappearing. I also love this because there were all these people online after this movie that came out that were like, oh, Thor's the weird one. Thor's the perky one in the family full of goth people. Yeah, yeah. Like, he is the jock middle brother to two, like, emo kids. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, As soon as he's gone, Hela emerges from her prison and engages the two in brief small talk. Seeing that she won't be reasoned with, Thor throws Mjolnir towards her. However, the goddess easily catches and effortlessly shatters the long, indestructible weapon. Loki, seeing that- I, like, I loved this, like, whole plot of, like, Mm -hmm. him- just like learning how to survive without the hammer because i remember i said that to you like way in the beginning i was like he just like swings a hammer around and like he's boring and he has like (laughs) he doesn't do anything it's it's a really (sighs) it's a really great finishing to the story of like in the beginning him becoming worthy of molnir and then through thor the dark world molnir is just kind of a thing and it's there and it's all fine and and that is his identity and yeah. on on earth after avengers and all that his identity is is this and that it's it finishes off that storyline of he is a whole person outside of molnir like yeah. he is a person with value and power outside of this the one whole, thing yeah. which is nice um and that storyline gets continued we don't see that storyline fully close up until the end of endgame and i i find it very interesting Um, anyways, uh, yes. After realizing that she cannot be reckoned with, Loki has to be returned to Asgard via the Bifrost. However, Hela also enters the portal, expels Loki, and then Thor from it at different points, and reaches Asgard. Arriving at the Bifrost Bridge, she quickly kills Volsag and Fendral, which I was pissed about. They are so unceremoniously killed. It is it, that's my other, I'd say, kind of complaint with the movie, which is just like they just fucking the Warriors three are killed in a blink of an eye. It is not except for about except for for Lady Sif, but she's, tech- she's not there. No, but it's the Warriors three and Lady Sif. The yeah. Warriors three are the three men. Yeah, but yeah, she's just you know she's she's not there. Yeah, but the no, she's on three her, living her life. Um. 
I love her. I know you do. Um, <laughs> before recruiting a terrified scourge to her cause, she then heads to Asgard and kills the entire palace guard single-handedly as well as Hogan. Thor is disposed by the portal on planet Sakaar, which seems to consist entirely of gigantic garbage mounds fed by giant portals in the sky. Um, this is a thing across, like, many space things where there's just a planet where you dump, they dump trash. And there's like, always the dumpster the, planet. Yeah, all the planets together decide, okay, to keep our planets alive, we will just destroy the ecosystem of this one planet and dump all of our garbage there. No one sentient lives there. Nothing is really there so that we don't get into some weird fucking morality shit. And we have all decided this. Yeah, I, yeah, I kind of see their point, to be honest. like It's very, it's very uh, convenient. It yeah. is 100% just the, well, how, if they have all of these things, do they not have pollution like we do? And it's like... Well, they have this for air pollution and then for all their trash. It just goes to this planet, but this planet doesn't have anything sentient that lives on it. Like, there are no animals it's going to kill. Like, da da it's, it's fine. Like, it's just very convenient. I propose um, we put all our trash on the moon. No. Also, you realize that if we changed the weight of the moon, it would fuck up our orbit? That's why I said no. Us into the sun? Fair. Okay, we just hurl the garbage into the atmosphere. But that would cause the same thing. If Earth has too many things in its orbit, it will change our gravitational pull. Yeah, but then it will burn up in space. Not necessarily. There yeah. are pieces of missiles just and like space stations and ships just floating in space. Oh, like not everything God. gets burnt up. Ah, uh, to be this... a piece of metal just floating in space. No thoughts, only vibes. Good lord. Um, uh, no, no, no. We sometimes I worry about bed. you just because you absolutely do not understand the ethics of space travel. We do, we opened a bad door, is what I'm saying. We're gonna close this door now. <laughs> Once a month, Jordan and I have a conversation about the ethics of space travel. <laughs> Good, and I have to explain part of them to him. Um. Anyways, uh. He is attacked by several scavengers. Now weaponless, he is quickly overpowered before his attackers are scared off by the hard-drinking bounty hunter Valkyrie, played by Tessa Thompson. However, she then captures Thor, placing a small shocking device on his neck to pacify him, and then takes him to the Grandmaster, played by Jeff Goldblum, who just is playing himself. I wait, wait. love it. <laughs> wait, I have a, okay, so I have a question. This, this planet that Jeff Goldblum and all of them live on... Mm -hmm. Is that, that planet's different than Trash Planet then, right? No. <laughs> no. It's the same it, planet? That, that one giant building is, is where is everything strong. takes place and everything outside of that one, that building, other than I guess that parade we see in one scene, is mm -hmm. just the Trash Planet. Yeah. Okay. They have like, yeah. They have one building that everything is in. The entire city is in. The planet does not have its own life. People have ended up on this planet for some reason or another. Because okay. they're trash. And I'm not being sarcastic when I say that. That is literally the point. No, yeah. I. I well, then there's yeah. also the whole idea that, like, the wormhole and where it falls in space-time, just people end up there. It's also, it's also though, the whole implication is that the people who have ended up here are lost people who, who yeah. feel they have less value or actually do have less value. It's yeah. the entire thematic it's, idea it's, of Sakaar. It's like an, an island of misfit toys. <laughs> yes. Um, 
Which I kind of, I get, yeah, I guess I should have. It's like that dude's that house from Halloween Town that everything that gets lost just ends up there. Yeah. Good. Um, anyways, that's the second Halloween Town reference we've made in a Thor movie. A lot of cinematic parallels there. <laughs> Odin is basically, you know, the grandma, and then Thor is just Marnie, just wanting to learn, you know? In this essay, I will. And then Loki's the annoying brother. <laughs> yes. Like by the end of them, you're like, you know what? You're not so bad, buddy. You're different, but it's okay. Wait, oh my god, then does that make does that make hella little Sophie? See, what I was going to say. What I was going to say is that the grandmother is Frigga, Loki is Marnie, and Sophie is Thor. (laughs) I guess. But then you've And then Hella is the annoying middle brother. And Odin <laughs> is the mom because Odin doesn't do anything to teach Thor anything. That's the point. It's like he does not teach him shit. But he does he does try to hide it from him. And I feel like making Hela the brother. He kind of does. He makes him go through these really weird trials to prove that he will be a good king, rather than just teaching him how to be a good king. Fair, but also like, the brother's not a bad person. This movie's for. <laughs> I mean, kind of. He's a. He's a dick in the first two movies. That's different than fucking Anyways, like... Anyways, we okay. have, are 42 minutes in. We started an hour late, and this movie is two hours and 14 minutes. I'm ending this conversation. Um. Anyways. Uh, the Grandmaster is delighted with his newest acquisition in Thor and decides to put him up against his champion, th- Fighter. Thor learns that Loki is also present and has been there for weeks. Time moves far quicker on the Grandmaster's planet, during which he has found favor with the Grandmaster. Uh, not wishing to jeopardize his position, Loki pretends not to care about his brother, and Thor is thrown into the dungeons where he befriends the rock creature Korg. Uh, Voice by Takia Watiti himself. Voice by Takia Watiti, who explains that all who have gone up against the champion have been killed. Meanwhile, Hela enters the Asgard uh, throne room and pulls down the fresco above the throne, depicting Odin and the royal family and their benevolent rule of their kingdom and the universe, revealing the darker history of Asgard, where Odin and Hela conquered the Nine Realms before she was banished by her father. Uh, Hela then heads down to Asgard's vaults and uses Asgard's eternal flames to restore her entire army and retrieve her monstrous wolf, Fenris. She also dismisses the Infinity Gauntlet that is kept there as a fake, which is a big deal. <laughs> as a big deal! It also implies that, like, people know of the Infinity Gauntlet. Yes, only on Earth do we not know what it is, because we're dumb. Everybody else does. We've known this. I'll comment they on established that. this. I'll comment on that in Infinity War. Um, anyways. Um. What do you mean? They literally all don't know. Just because of who they are in universe, but everybody else does. That's been established for movies. Wait, they know what the stones are, not the whatever. and the gauntlet. I, I People know about the gauntlet on this planet. That's been established. That's established in the first Thor movie. That just Earth doesn't know, and the Guardians don't know because they're fucking morons. Yeah, but you, without spoilers, we find out the origin of the gauntlet. The humans, the humans find out the origin of the gauntlet. We'll we'll discuss it later, whatever. Um, you're just, you're incorrect. (laughs) But anyways, um, anyway, where was I? 
Yeah. She then attempts to open a portal and conquer all the realms, but the Bifrost sword has been taken by Hemdal, who was hiding in the hills and is now shelter- sheltering the escaped civilians from Asgard. This entire movie could just be Idris Elba saving refugees from Asgard, and I'd be okay with it. Okay. Which brings up another question for me. I Maybe I just didn't process it prior, but are not all Asgardians, like, gods? No. Because... There, there's just like regular civilian people. Yeah. To an average, so the average Asgardian will still live like thousands and thousands of years. Yeah, they still age much slower yeah. than us and like live much longer. But no, it's just the royal family is the gods. Okay. I guess I yeah. didn't process that ever or it just wasn't brought up ever. <laughs> they're also not gods on Asgard. They're just the royal family that has powers because they're the royal family. They're only gods on our planet because, because people of what saw them during this. and interpret it as gods. Yeah. That's oh, why that's, that's too much for me to process. That's that why the- Kat Denning said that in the first Thor movie where she was like, if people had seen Odin fighting this big war against these giant frost things, like primitive people would have thought they were gods. And that's, like, the whole thing. Yeah. Um, that comes into play later on, too. So it's good that you asked, because that is going to be a plot point in the future. Great. Um, but, yeah, so they're all just, the rest of them don't have powers. They just are technologically advanced and will live longer. Okay. Okay. Because, yeah, when he, when Heimdall's helping them or whatever, I was just like, are they all poor? I don't know. <laughs> no. It's also like like Heimdall doesn't even have powers. Yeah. He has access to the Bifrost. Yeah, but like he doesn't, other than that, he doesn't have powers. He has no. access to something that gives him powers. Like, you know. Yeah. Okay. They, with the witches, they confuse me because they don't do the exact adaptation of North mythology. So like Frigga and like there being witches and all that stuff in these movies confuses me a little bit. And we're just they also haven't gone into how much of it they're taking or not yeah. taking. They've gone into the details of it. Yeah. So I don't know where that lands. So like there could be other witches, but witches in that universe also aren't like like Wanda or something like that. So okay. Um. My good nose question. Is just so bad. Good question. No, it yeah. was a good question because it's yeah. important. Um, but when that that storyline is is closed, it's a throwaway line that if you don't know that already, you will miss and not understand. Um, okay. Anyways, uh, yeah. So Thor is taken to an arena and put up against the champion, who is revealed to be none other than the Incredible Hulk. Thor is overjoyed to see his own teammate. However, the Hulk attacks him. The two bash each other around the area. Thor, gaining the upper hand, tries to use Natasha Romanoff's method of calming him to make him transform back into Bruce Banner. However, it doesn't work and Hulk thrashes him. Um, Uh, This entire scene is great. It is. Because it's A... Why? Why are we? Why are we fucking fucking adapting Planet Hulk? Like, why is that happening? I think originally Marvel wanted to do a Planet Hulk standalone movie, but Hulk's weird because part of it is in Universal's no, hands. What if we didn't want it to see it either? I think they realized that as well. Nobody wants a Planet Hulk movie, so they were just like, "Hey, we'll slip part of this into here." Sure, why Hulk, not? Hulk, Bruce Banner, Hulk is not a standalone character. And you say that as someone who loves him. 
And I say that as somebody who loves Bruce Banner and used to read Hulk comics. She-Hulk can stand on her own. He cannot. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, A, that's hilarious. B, making fun of that stupid, I just like Taki Watiti openly mocking Joss Whedon's writing. That's just very fun to me. Um, also, Chris <laughs> Hemsworth doing that is really funny. It is Like, funny. the way he does it is just great. I also like how there was, like, a split second where you're like, this might fucking work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then um, Loki also being like, fuck, <laughs> I must leave. This I, thing will I also, kill me. I, I like how Loki's... That, oh, go ahead, Victoria. I love that Thor is like, it's my friend from work. <laughs> He have, yeah, he, like, he considers the, the Avengers like his side gig. Yeah. His, his job. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about that later. Woo! Yeah. But I, I like how Loki still just like has um, like PTSD from Hulk just tossing him around Avengers Tower like a fucking ragdoll. Yeah. I also thought it was Tom Hiddleston would be like, oh, Hulk's going to be in this again? Does that mean a stuntman's going to come over and shake me for 30 seconds to make sure I look surprised? Because <laughs> I I kind of would be okay without that. Um, I literally just randomly came up on Facebook today, which was weird and relevant. There, somebody pointing out how it's funny that Loki's afraid of Hulk, but then Bruce is afraid of Loki. Yeah. It's cute. Um, it is. Um. Yeah. Eventually, Thor stops holding back and begins to fight. At the one point, having a vision of Odin causing him to channel raw lightning. However, just when he is about to win the Grandmaster, not wanting to see the cr a crowd uh, and his own favorite be beaten, shocks Thor into submission. As Hulk leaps into the air to crush Thor, Thor puts his hands up in defense before everything goes black. Um. Side note, this is also, like, a weird kind of trope in sci-fi where there's always, like, this one just, like, person who likes to collect people and have, like, unconsensual gladiator matches between them. I mean, yeah. gladiator, gladiator matches means unconsensual. Gladiator matches were never consensual. Fair enough. <laughs> they, were they were prisoners of war going up against... Uh, lions. Lions and so Roman soldiers and bears, or having to act out like the, navy fights. I, I assume the soldiers were kind of like down to do it. Which can we talk about this really quick? It is wild to me that the Romans used to fill the um, Colosseum, Colosseum full of water, and make slaves act out naval battles, and then drain it. And then drain it to have somebody fight a lion, like, the next week. Theaters today can't do that. <laughs> I feel like, logistically, if somebody was like, hey, can we fill up Yankee Stadium with water and then drain it the next day? People would be like, the fuck are you on about? How the fuck would I, am I supposed <laughs> to do that? Like, it's just that, I remember the day I learned that in high school and was like, I'm sorry, what? Because <laughs> I call bullshit. And then the problem is, yeah, you go, how? And they're like, we don't know. We're not really sure. They have the aqueducts, though, so we know they could move water. And it's like, okay, but that's different. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, I see some flaws in the retellings here. Anyways. I'm wondering if this is like a... Something that we've assumed happened based off, like, maybe they're like, oh, they acted out Navy battles, but, like, the water wasn't part of it. 
and be just a suit. There was maybe that's the dragon. even worse. Like, like, that's even worse. Like kind of like a stage adaption of a navy battle, and like Them somebody setting up giant ships in a way that they won't tip over on yeah, dry sort of... land. Maybe, maybe it's not a full ship thing. Maybe it's like a, a stage adaption. They just like have one piece of a ship with some cannonballs, but then the artist fucking drew a real navy battle. People are like, oh. yo, they filled this thing up with water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's just like it's one of those things in history where I'm like, how? And like, who thought of this? Yeah. I mean, they hadn't won. They had nothing else to do all day. So like, you can't get a person that's like, I'm too lazy. I want to fucking play video games. It's like I got nothing better to do. I might as well fucking figure this out without Learn technology. How to fill a coliseum full of water. Yeah. Then these people were just drunk all the time. Yeah. Like it's just it's just wild to me. So you know, at one point, some dude named like you know Theodopolis or something was like. I think we should fill it with water and we should do a boat battle. And the fucking emperor was like, you're hired. Yes. yes. <laughs> Learn. Figure it out. Um, yes. Uh, on Asgard, Hela has the remaining people rounded up and demands to know where the Bifrost sword is. When no one comes forward, Hela tells Scourge to execute a random person. Scourge hesitates but is about to do it. But before he can make the kill, someone comes forward with Hemdall's location. Um... I'm tired of this trope. I'm so tired of it. It doesn't affect me anymore. What? I'm sorry. Someone about to... No, the trope of I'll execute one person an hour until, like, you tell me what until, I want. Until I get what I want. Uh, yeah. And it's it, 100% I'm tired of it because I'm a DC fan and every Batman villain on the planet has pulled that shit. Um, yeah. I just don't care anymore. Like, okay... Cool. What you to stop from killing us all? Any like, yeah. no. Get the fuck out of here. You. I don't care. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> Thor wakes up later in the whole. That has nothing to do with this movie or Takio Watiti. It is just I am tired of this trope. And it, like, yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's it's an exhausted trope. Yeah. Um. Thor wakes up later in Hulk's chambers, being pampered by several beautiful women. Uh again, I didn't write this. <laughs> Thor speaks to Hulk privately. Hulk is now able to speak far more intelligently than he was able to in his last appearance and learns that he hasn't transformed back into Banner since leaving Earth two years earlier. The Hulk points out that the Quinjet he left Earth on is still in one piece and could be used to escape. He also learns that Valkyrie is an Asgardian who is part of an elite all-female group who were sent up against Hela during her previous assault but were all killed, Valkyrie being the only survivor. Um, Thor tries to convince her to help and she initially refuses. Although Hulk is happy in his life and wants to stay, he does help Thor acquire the control device for his electronic restraint. Thor pickpockets it from Valkyrie and removes the shocker from his neck. He escapes to Hulk's apartment and reaches the Quinjet, but is chased by Hulk who smashes it apart. Uh... Thor then plays Black Widow's uh, last message to him, prompting the Hulk to transform back into Bruce Banner. Um, so that's fun. I have some issues with that. I, 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 I'm kind of with you where it's like, we were just making fun of Joss Whedon's writing. And yet again, it's like, well, the girl he loves is what brings him down. But I feel like the uh, unfortunate thing is like, well, we've established that. Fuck it. And it's, but it's also like, that's not my issue. That's a good point. But that's not where I was going. Oh. He, at the end of Avengers Age of Ultron, we watched him watch that video. So if watching that video is all it takes to turn him back, why didn't that video turn him back on the Quinjet? 
before now, before he got to Asgard. Heat of the moment or versus like Sakaar. three years later. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it has but something he's not to do mad. with he's, he's d- been detached from um, that part of his life for two years now. But in the moment, he wouldn't have been. That's just even more proof that the video initially should have turned him back when he was originally on the Quinjet and Ultron. I feel like it's in that heat of the moment. He Hulk was just like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And now Hulk's kind of but developed he's not mad. as a, as a when thing. When he watches that video, he's not mad. He like sits down knowing that he's going to die. And it's just like calm watching the video. His He should um, have turned all I am saying is he should have turned back when that video played the first time because it is a calmer situation where he well, was no. more attached to Natasha than he is now. His, you, you just um, said he thought he was about to die. If he's about to die, Hulk takes over. Banner doesn't turn back if he's but the Hulk, the Hulk, comes Hulk is fine he, with it. Then don't make the Hulk look sad in the last shot we saw him in. And okay, have him be fair. emotional and like on the verge of tears about to look at the screen. But if at any point Bruce is about to die, the Hulk's going to be there. So, But at no point was – but we don't get any of that. So just by what we are given, the logic is the video should have initially turned him back. Here, here's my thing. They, they don't really – at least for me, maybe you guys could explain this to me. They don't really – necessarily tell us how it how it take how long it takes hulk to return to bruce it's because it it it, it, depends. it varies yeah it really it depends I mean, i'm just know. saying i'm just saying if we are establishing that natasha is the either we are establishing natasha is the only one who could turn him back or we aren't and i would just like them to pick one i, I don't even care which one it is at this point there's that part in I think the first Avengers where uh, the guy like brings him the pants. Yeah. I'm assuming he's, he's out like out cold as Hulk. That's for, the like, thing is they are just not consistent about what night. turns Hulk back to Banner. But no, don't they do that in the comics as well? Where like, there is a point where he will turn back on his own, but there's also kind of like in the middle of a battle where action's still going on and he might still be angry, the Avengers would kind of like a kill switch. Now, yeah. I, I, making no. it Natasha's a weird trope, but I'm just saying they still want there to be the kill switch. But we're not given any of that. And, like, this is my issue. It's like, just, you need to make a rule. I don't care what it is. You just need to decide. Is Natasha the kill switch? If she is the kill switch, why wasn't she the kill switch when he was on the plane no longer in danger? Or she's not a kill switch. She just sometimes can calm him down if he's already on the edge of going back to Bruce Banner. She can bring him back. And he didn't change because he knew he was going to die. Or there is no fucking kill switch and Marvel doesn't feel like nailing down an answer to this. So we're left with this weird ass scene. That is all I am saying here. Yeah, yeah. Um, completely unrelated. I can't believe they made me look at Hulk's ass. I know. They also implied something about Hulk's penis. We don't yeah. know what. We just implied that he's, you know, Thor had to see it and that it was yeah. gross. They yeah. imply it all the time that like Hulk has a dick and like Hulk fucks. And I don't like Hulk in the fucking comics, I, in the comics, I mean. Hulk, Hulk fucking I do not like. Now, Hulk's penis I would have assumed is there anyway. Problem is <laughs> it just disappeared. But yeah, like I think it, it just all goes back into his body. It would be weirder. It would be weirder if Hulk had a Ken doll groin. His balls have to drop again every time he tears back. 
Oh my god. <laughs> Mid transformation, his voice is still really high pitched because his balls haven't dropped. <laughs> I want it so bad. But no, the 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 the, the, the problem with Hulk's penis, which is a way to start any lecture. It's either proportionate to his body, which is half terrifying and half hilarious, because that's just unusable, you know? Like, that's bigger than a horse stick. Or, it's a usable penis, but in proportion, it looks incredibly fucking small on the Hulk, which is legitimately oh funny. Oh my god. I just, I, you will hear me say this, I've said it before and I will say it again, I hate it when Marvel makes me think about the sex lives of these characters. Yeah. WandaVision is another big one that they make me think about the sex life of their characters mm-hmm. and I don't want it. Mm-mm. I, I now have on two it. different podcasts when about two different Marvel heroes, here is the issue about them and their penis. Yeah. God. And I just, I hate it. I remember hate when, it. Uh, remember when DC showed us uh, Bruce's penis a few years ago? Yeah, in that comic strip. Yeah, that was yeah. weird. That was a weird mm-hmm. time. Um, because they didn't have to do that. It didn't. Not, they didn't have to at all. The artist. It's just not like, like an actor like no turned, but it's not even the artist. It's the writer when Bruce turns and from the side we see the profile of his penis, and that script went to the artist, and the artist went okay, okay. rather yeah. than just draw the shadow completely. <laughs> It's very weird if for like no, and it got pulled off shelves almost immediately because it was fucking weird. You can still find yeah. it online though. You can. However, I do not recommend searching Bruce Wayne penis. I do not recommend that. Don't do that. He is one of the most strong characters for Rule Thirty Four or Sixty Four or whatever the fuck it is. Thirty Four. People are obsessed with his sex life. It's very weird. Honestly, not one I would have pegged for a big Rule 34 Okay, thing. we've gone way off tangent. Way off topic. But yeah, people people talking about Bruce Banner's, Bruce Wayne's sex life is like a wild thing on the internet. Like, it's an entire, like, you could write a paper on it. Like, it's very strange. Anyways. Interesting. Um, yeah, so... The Hulk, you know, is living the dream. Uh, sees the video, turns back into Banner. Thor explains to Banner, who's uh, prompting the Hulk to transform. I just read this wrong. Thor explains to Banner, who is unable, whose last memories are of Sokova, Sokovia during Ultron's offensive, what happens. Banner is unable to believe Hulk remained in control for two years. And doesn't want to transform again, knowing that he might remain the Hulk forever. Is this uh, the movie where he makes the analogy about hands on the wheel? No. Okay. That is the next movie. Gotcha. No, he he does say that later. Does he okay. do that twice? Because he says it later on in another movie. Oh. In, uh, yeah, he says something about Hulk uh, having the the steering wheel in uh, this no. movie. He, makes, he alludes to it in Endgame, too. He talks oh. about like who's driving. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, well that's fun. I'm I'm so excited to get to Endgame and talk about the Hulk. Oh god, because <laughs> it's just I hate it. <laughs> uh, anyways, so Valkyrie meets up with Loki and the two engage in a brief fight. After Loki learns uh, where she is really come from, comes from, he uses his powers to make her remember her last encounter with Hela. Valkyrie has a change of heart and she decides to help Thor return to Asgard. I love this just because you know Loki is like, that is not there's not what they were supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> they were supposed to make you not want to go back. 
I wanted to trigger you, and instead you got inspired. Yeah, this was not, like, I just feel like this entire movie is Loki being like, what am I doing that's, like, yeah. different now? That's wrong. Like, yeah. I, did I get soft? Yeah, like, did I? <laughs> like, who is this? Living as Odin for two years fucked him up. Yeah. Um. Uh. And show her goodwill by beating and chaining, beating and chaining up Loki. Reuniting, Thor and Loki head down to steal a ship. However, Loki's attempt to betray Thor, attempts to betray Thor to the Grand Master. Loki or Thor, express, expecting such a move by Loki, places a shocking device onto Loki's back. Again, I feel like it's the moment where Loki's like, "Did how did I not see yeah. this coming? Like how did I not? This is my thing. Like." This is all I have. <laughs> and I just, I love it. Um, Thor tells his brother he'd hoped he would at least show some capacity for growth, even begin to change for the better. But now he understands that Loki will always be a trick- trickster. He then leaves the shocking device turned on with the remote just out of reach, which is like some fucked up torture. Yeah. But that is fucked up. <laughs> But I like that, that Thor's just like, I don't want to do this, but you literally put me in positions where I have to. Yeah, so Thor, Banner, and Valkyrie steal the Grandmaster's uh, party slash orgy ship. (laughs) I Um, love it. I love it so much. And escape the Grandmaster's clutches, leaving through a passageway known as the Devil's Anus. Also, did we really not talk about Thor telling the story about Loki turning into a snake? I love that story. I love it so much. I just like Chris Hemsworth going, bleh. (laughs) So here's the thing. I wanted to bring it up, but while I was sitting here about to bring it up, I was like, you know what? I don't remember if that's actually in this movie or if that's a headcanon someone made on Tumblr. Nope. No, it Uh, happened. Which reminds me that I finally have to break news to Jordan that I've been hiding from him for a year. Oh, God. Because it's going to come up and I don't want him to look dumb. You know that Moon Knight panel you really like? With the... Oh, is that fake? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no. It's not real. It's fan-made and got (laughs) memed. But you love it so much and I never had the heart to be like, that's not real. Don't lie. I'm not surprised. I never looked at it and went, this is probably fake, but I went, this is this is possibly maybe. Like, I'm not surprised is what the I'm saying. The first conversation you and I ever had about it, I just said it was funny and didn't, re- like, that I'd seen it and I thought it was funny. I didn't realize you didn't know that wasn't real <laughs> until a conversation late, way later. And then I just, like, didn't have the heart to break it to you. But Blessing and Barrett have been tweeting about it. And I was like... I have to tell him before he finds out I have kept this from him for a year. It's fine. You know which other one, like, I like that is also a fake is the uh, the Kawa Bummer one with uh, Batman and Raphael. Because Batman's part is not fake. It's just Raphael's response. Response. All right. Reaching Asgard as Hela is about to destroy the remaining population who had attempted to escape through the Bifrost Bridge, Thor engages with her with her in a vicious battle, but still is overpowered and in my least favorite Marvel scene in existence, loses an eye. Okay. You just think I it's too s- graphic? I, I don't s- like eye shit. 
I somehow literally must have like blinked or just like looked away because all of a sudden he just didn't have an eye anymore. And I was what like, What the fuck you? Eye shit freaks me out. It's fingers and eyes. Like, I can't watch things happen. Yeah, I'm very glad I didn't see it, but it was just funny that all of a sudden I looked up and I was like, Okay, now he doesn't have an eye, I guess. I just like, I don't. Ugh, ugh, ugh. It freaks me. It's why the last season of Stranger Things fucked me up, too. There was so much almost cutting so off much of fingers. finger stuff. Oh, yeah. So much of, I'm I'm going to cut off your finger. Yeah. And I, just, I felt betrayed by David Harbour. <laughs> it's, a good thing you, it's a good thing that you actually haven't watched Home Alone, then. Yeah, lose, like, finger things and eye stuff freaks me out. There's a scene where Joe Pesci threatens to bite off little Macaulay Culkin's fingers and then goes that, to do it. That doesn't scare me as much as the stuff in Stranger Things where, like, no spoilers, but one character has another character's finger in a cigar cutter. Yeah. 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 See, with me... And that's the less graphic one. Yeah. With, for me, there's no specific... Well, okay. Ooh. Other than, like, stuff that could happen to a man's penis. There's no specific body part that we're like, that, that's, it's more like, if the visual or the, the, the telling of it seems too real. Because, like, I can handle anything happening to someone's foot. But one that always gets me is in Home Alone 2. There's a shot of someone stepping directly onto a nail, and that one always gets me. Don't watch A Quiet Place. That's really? just a tip. Don't watch A Quiet Place yeah. then. I've been meaning to. <laughs> Well, I can handle it for a second. It doesn't like bring me into a panic attack. No, no, that seems gross. It is gross. That seems fucked me up. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Also, at least if you do want to watch it, you're warned now. Yeah. You know it's coming. To be fair, they're very heavy handed and you know something's going to happen with that nail eventually. But. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. They, I hope they, one day I get over my anxiety about these movies and can see the sequel. It's very good. They show I that nail it's... again for a second. Why? Why Why do that to me? To um, show that time has passed. I just don't like that in the three <laughs> Actually, years since I- no. Time hasn't passed. It starts right where the first one left off, which I love. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just hate- about myself that three years ago I fucking loved the first movie and would not shut up about it. And now I have such bad anxiety surrounding it I can't go see the sequel. That's okay. Anyways. um, Yeah, so he loses an eye. Feeling useless without his hammer, Thor has a vision of Odin who explains to his son that the hammer simply channels his powers and reminds him that he is the god of thunder. Not the I... god of hammers. Yes. Um, I would have loved if this scene was, like, an Edna Mode-esque pull-yourself-together scene. I like the way it's done. It makes more sense with the Odin we have seen. But I have seen little clips of people cutting that into the movie of her going, Pull yourself together! You're a lesbian girl! And it's so funny. Oh my god. This movie, that would have worked. (laughs) Yeah. If Odin was like, you are a goddamn Avenger, bitch. You are the like, god of thunder. Like, you can fly on lightning. Like, come on, my man. Um, anyways, Odin also tells him that Asgard is not a place, but a people. Uh, and that they can reestablish their society and culture anywhere. 
Now realizing his uh, full abilities, Thor unleashes a massive lightning bolt repelling Hela. As Valkyrie and Hemdall attempt to hold off Hela's army, Loki unites with Korg and the other escaping fighters, and procures a ship which he uses to evacuate the Asgardians. Banner also transforms back into the Hulk to fight off Fenris. Poor Fenris. R.I.P. Um, Big Skurd- dog. <laughs> a good dog. Um, Scourge, Scourge, feeling guilt over having allied himself with Hela, sacrifices himself to ensure the ship is able to escape. With M16s. Yeah. With I love it's like it's all very medieval and power stuff, and he's just like M16s. And then once again they have Led Zeppelin playing in the background. Which I've now established that I guess phase three is just where they were like, we're gonna use copyrighted music now. Well, I mean, I remember when the trailer for this came out, my manager at the time when I was working at GameStop was like I can't believe it took him till the third movie to use this song. Because, like, that entire song is about North mythology. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but until this movie, it absolutely did not fit the vibe. True. true also true. Um. But. I love this scene. It's so good. The, the fight scenes, every fight scene in this is really good. Like no, very entertaining. It's, yeah, it's, it, there's there's certain shots in this fight scene where like it feels out of a comic panel. The way everything's drawn, the brightness, like the thing. Yeah, Thor yeah, jumping even, down at, at, amongst that crowd, like Liren just said, flipping the knives. The same. The same goes for the the fight between um Hulk and Hulk and Br- Thor as yeah, well. No. Yeah, it's yeah. just uh, oh, it's so good. It's all so good. Chef's kiss. And that takes a lot for me to say that a fight scene is good because usually I'm bored yeah. out of my mind. <laughs> Thor reunites with Valkyrie and Loki, knowing Hela will soon be back as she's only growing stronger from Asgard's power. Thor suddenly realizes that he cannot stop Ragnarok, but must instead bring it about to defeat Hela and sends Loki down to the vault to throw Satyr's skull into the internal flame. Loki does so and is escaped. It is also heavily implied that he takes the chance to steal the Tesseract. Um, just as Satur is resurrected and starts to lay waste to the kingdom. Hela mounts an offensive, but it is little use. Satur is too powerful and destroys her with his sword. Thor escapes with Loki, Hulk, Hemdall, Valkyrie, Korg, and the surviving civilians slash prisoners uh, just before Asgard is completely decimated. Although Thor is upset about the destruction of his home, he knows... Th- uh, it was necessary to prevent the execution of his people. He then finally meets his destiny and takes the throne. The captain share on the bridge, where his first order is to return to Earth. Um, we get our first mid-credit scene, where Loki worries over Thor's decision to return to Earth, knowing he won't be very welcome there since his last visit he tried to take over the planet. Thor assures his brother he uh, feels everything will be fine, just as a menacing ship that dwarfs their own appears through the window. In the post credit scene, the Grandmaster, who had been chasing Thor, crashes onto the garbage planet, where he is confronted by the scavengers, who are also a bunch of former slaves. He congratulates them on, a re- on their revolt and agrees to call it a tie. And that is our movie. I love this movie. I love it so much. Yeah. Um, it, it's really good. It's really fun. Yeah. And 
I'm going to give this little fun fact now because Victoria brought it up and I feel like it will warm her tiny heart. That Thor line, his, it's a friend from work line, is not in the script. A Make-A-Wish kid visiting the set told Chris Hemsworth he should say it. And so Chris Hemsworth <gasps> did and it ended up in the movie. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. It's really sweet. That's yeah. cute. He came to set that day and was like, you should say he's a friend from work. And Chris Hemsworth did it while the kid was there. And it, I, like, can't, yeah. I can't believe they did I guess because it's Make-A-Wish, but I was going to be like, I can't believe they let that kid on the set. Yeah. I mean, they let tiny children on Marvel sets all the time when they're It's also like, I mean, this isn't one of the ones where like there was a major spoiler coming out of this movie that like people had to worry about. True. But I just feel like they keep that- Make-A-Wish kid? Yeah. They have like a 20% chance of surviving. No. Yeah. I I understand. Jordan, that's the whole- point you know that right yeah i'm like the whole point is that they like they give them their last to be able to live yeah yeah um director takio atiti said in an interview with mtv news i would say we improvised probably 80 percent of the film or threw things in that day good um this is my favorite fun fact Takio Atiti based Korg's character on Polynesian bouncers. We wanted to change the idea of the hulking guy made of rocks could be. He's huge and heavy with a light soul. Like, he's funny and friendly. <laughs> to which my brain goes, so in Hawaii, all of the bouncers are just, like, delightful, but look like the rock. <laughs> well, yeah. you guys saw the, the, the snap I sent you of this bouncer at a club I was at this week. I was like, this is the most terrifying man I've ever seen. Right? Did you guys see that? No. I clicked through your stories from this weekend without watching. It's I love fine. you, but you There was a man that was huge and had just like a shaved head on the side, but then a, on the top was full hair and a braid that went down to his back. And I was like, that is the most terrifying man I've ever seen. If he told me to do anything, I would do it out of fear. I'm sure in his private life, he's a delight. Mm-hmm. Well, I was also thinking too, I... I still haven't seen Moana, but the character that The Rock voices in that movie, Maui, isn't he like that? Like, he's like this big dude, but he's also like soft inside. But he's also supposed to be like a god. He's soft. In the beginning, he's a douche. Okay. Oh, sorry. There's something stuck in my throat. Uh, Don't don't choke. Kate Blanchett accepted a role in the movie to please her children, who are Marvel comic fans. Her eldest son suggested she take the role of, role of Hela, as it would be a boost to her career. Your mother is an Oscar-winning actress who has been in some of the best movies of our time, including the most revered fantasy series in existence. She's also been on Broadway, and wasn't she nominated yeah. for Tony? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if she's been nominated. I know she has Oscars, but I don't know about the Tony. I don't know. Like, That's I'm just, just saying, so... your your mom doesn't need a career boost, my man. How, <laughs> how old was he, though, then? Is how is I mean, my I think curiosity. the oldest kid is around they were, She was married in 1997, and she has four kids. So, like, some of her yeah, kids because, could be pretty old. Older. Yeah. I think they're close to our age because she's, like, at my she's only a couple years younger than my mom i think her oldest is only a few years younger than us one of their sons was born 2001 another 2004 2008 and then an adopted kid in 2015 so like yeah, so her oldest is only a couple years younger than us her oldest so like, is like 19 and yeah. like 
say so at the time he was 16 yeah okay then yeah he should know what her career was by then it's not like he's like little the the best like a lovely lesbian movie like a year earlier that got all sorts of critical acclaim come on (laughs) are you searching curious what that role is jordan are you googling something else i'm googling something else Okay, I was gonna say I can just I can just tell you. No, I'm, not, I'm not being gross, I promise. I'm um, just trying to find out if she had a Tony nomination or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm, she she won she won a Tony Award for Best oh, Actress what? in a Play for um when she was in Anton Chekhov's Pla- Platonov. Platinum. Oh, I did know that. Platinum. I did know that. And she won a Tony for it. Good for her. Um, uh, Wait, no. Just, no. I read that wrong. Just says received Tony Award nomination. But still. Okay. <laughs> um, Luke Hemsworth, older brother of Chris Hemsworth, plays actor Thor in this movie. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Chris Hemsworth had to bulk up again for this role as, of Thor. He had to follow a strict diet and work out only six to seven times a week and eat around 6,000 calories a day. Lucky. I want to be allowed to eat 6,000 calories a day. Not of whatever you want, though. It's like whole grains and chicken and like a lot of vegetables and a lot of fruit and like I know protein shakes and that kind of... It's not you can just eat it, whatever you want. Yeah, it's not junk, Jordan. Come yeah. on. <laughs> 90% of what you eat, you wouldn't be allowed to eat. <laughs> like... <laughs> um... Uh, where is it? Jeff Goldblum was previously considered for the role of Dr. Bruce Banner in the 2003 Hulk movie. Oh, this God. Is- what? Yeah. Yeah, there's a really crappy 2003 Hulk movie. Don't worry about it. You have to remember, people thought Jeff Goldblum was a serious actor after Jurassic Park. No, but like... Okay. How... Because he played a character that is kind of Bruce Bannerish in Jurassic Park. That's okay. But yeah. Jurassic Park was like the '90s. So like, hold on, 2003. Uh... So it went into production in probably 2001, 2002. It wouldn't would have been, been long f- after Jurassic Park. So the 2003 Hulk movies in origin, Jeff Goldblum would have been 51 at the time. I feel like it's a little too old to be Banner. No. Eh. Mark Ruffalo's old. <laughs> or He's not that old it. though. Is he like Oscar Isaac, where just one day he went prematurely gray? He's um, 53 now, so you have yeah. to keep in mind when he got the role of Banner. Yeah. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, short, completely gray hair, which is exactly what happened with Oscar Isaac. He hadn't been in the public eye for like two months. He was in the public eye for Rise of Skywalker and had gray hair, and everybody was like, what happened? And the guy who played Hulk in the 2003 movie um, is 52 now, so. He probably didn't get the role because he was too old, but I'm not surprised that in 2000. He was 45 when he got it. 
Yeah. I would not be surprised if in 2001, 2002, people were like, oh, Jeff Goldblum could play, like, Yeah, Dr. no, Bear, I get Tanner. it now that you brought up Jurassic. I didn't think of that. But yeah. Sorry, 35. I, sorry, 35. I messed up the year. So he was 35 when, like, whatever. Jordan's too focused on this. Uh, Charlize Theron was considered for the role of Hela. And realistically, that's who I would have gone with. Yeah, yeah. I was just about to say she would have been a lot better. <laughs> yeah. Um. Although, uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins' role as Odin in this movie seems a bit small, and there's a reason for that. His scenes were drastically changed after test audiences reacted poorly. In an interview, director Takio Watiti confirmed that the original plan for Odin bothered early test audiences, resulting in a drastic change. Oh. I don't know what the change was, but... Yeah, now I'm curious. It's probably something that made him look really bad. <laughs> like, Maybe? look like a bad person. Um, I also did not realize until this movie how much shorter he is than uh, Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston. Yep. He's not he, a tall guy. He looks so tiny. <laughs> yeah, he's not a he's not a tall man. He was cute. <laughs> I think he's like five eight or something like that. Five eight, five five seven five eight somewhere around there. Probably. That's average. I said it wasn't tall, not that it wasn't average. Um. The shake weight with which Scourge is seen at the beginning of the movie get out of here, um, belonged to director Takio Watiti. Watiti bought it while filming the 2011 movie Green Lantern, in which he had a role. A role. He bought it while watching an infomercial in a hotel late at night. God. Which speaks volumes to me about what Takio Watiti's life is like while he's waiting to do scenes on set. He No, it said late at night in his hotel room. Yeah, because he was on set for Green Lantern. So yeah, but he, wasn't... he was in a hotel on set like he was in the location filming is like what that means. Okay, never mind. You you said something that never mind. <laughs> um this is the first Thor movie not to feature Natalie Portman, Kat Dennings, or Stellan Skarsgard. Scar? Yeah, he's Skarsgard. Yes. The other family is Sarsgard. No, no. Wait. He's he's SARS. he's a SARS guard. He's not a SCARS guard. No, because right? he's SK. Yeah, he's a SCARS guard, not a SARS guard. Which are and the SARS other guard is the family with like it's that not... they're all actors. Yeah. yeah, isn't it? I thought it was Alexander Skarsgård. He's there are multi. There are three in the family from that. The one is placed Pennywise, and yeah. there are two from Stellan's family. And I've listened to so many videos of those actors being like, "It's pronounced this way and this way," and I fuck it up every time. Yeah, it's Bill Skarsgård and Alexander Scott with a K. So they are Stellan's kids. Yes. Yes. And yes. Peter is not related to them. Yeah, I don't Peter know. Sarsgaard, Peter Sarsgaard isn't related to Stellan and his yes, two children, yes. Bill and whatever. That's yeah. what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I no, fuck it up every time. Maggie Gyllenhaal's husband, not yeah. related. <laughs> She's he's married to Maggie Gyllenhaal. I just googled him right now. That's what it says. <clears throat> I didn't know that. Um. <laughs> 
There aren't many like fun facts for the for like casting for this one. It's really just the Charlize Theron one, just because there like weren't a ton of new characters. They don't have any for Valkyrie. No. Oh. Um. I have to get back up to where the rest of my notes are. I guess though. I mean, I don't, I don't really know Tessa Thompson other than this. I guess she was kind of unknown. Was she? I don't she know. She had been in one movie with one of the actors in Marvel, but I don't remember. Or well, am I her, messing that up? Her and Chris Hemsworth did that uh, Men in Black. But that uh, was after. Side that story. Was after. That was after. Yeah. yeah. That's not a side story. That's a direct sequel. Oh, is it? Yep. Oh. So what I knew her from is she's in Westworld, which is on HBO. <laughs> I googled Tessa Thompson, and there's a bunch of articles that are coming up currently that says Marvel's reportedly unhappy with the pictures of her, Taika Waititi, yeah. and Rita. Oh, but here's the thing. like That one article that says they're unhappy says in Insider and just says the bosses. They never name one boss. I would not be surprised, though, if they're not happy most PR and producer people are probably not happy about that photo. Good for I him, just, man. Good for him. Good for all of them. True. Uh, it sounds like she was in Dear White People and Selma in yeah. 2014. She played, I think, the love interest in Creed, in Creed 2. Um, okay, can I hop in here really quick, though? Yeah, sure. Insurance leaving out great movies. She is in the phenomenal When a Stranger Calls remake from 2006, which is how I know who knew who she was. Oh my god, she was in Veronica Mars. Movie. Yep, she's in Veronica Mars. She was in, um, uh, for colored girls who have considered suicide, she was in the movie adaptation of that. Um, Dear White People, she was in Dear White People, the Movie, movie not the television show she played sam in the movie um she, yeah she was in selma creed um and then oh this is what i fucked up because she had so many movies come out in 2018 and one of them is called annihilation which is a movie she's in with natalie portmer portman and oscar isaac and it is the weirdest sci-fi movie i have ever watched i still don't know the plot <laughs> The story follows a group of explorers who enter the Shimmer, a mysterious quarantine zone of mutating plants and animals caused by an alien presence. Mm-hmm. This sounds like I need to get high as balls. It will watch. scare you. It will scare <laughs> you. It's scary sober. It will terrify you. Okay, so it's not like a dumb movie. No, it's not dumb. It's just, I didn't say it was dumb. I said it was, it was bad. bad. Okay. And weird. But when you say bad, like I don't expect bad movies to legitimately be good at scaring me. They can, because the writing of Natalie Portman and Oscar Isaac's character's, like, love affair is very strange. And the ending, I know you don't like endings that are left completely up to the audience, and you get no closure in this movie. The movie just ends, and anything you want to be what the ending means, it can be. And I just, you know, it's a weird movie. It's very violent. <laughs> um, the CGI is also really bad. But that's not important. But they're just good at making you scared, I guess. Yeah. Um, in North mythology, Ragnarok translates as the fate of the gods. Although it is often confused with the word Goterdammerung, <laughs> I think is how that is said. Goterdammerung. Wait, repeat that, that whole fact. 
In Norse mythology, Ragnarok translates to the fate of the gods. Okay. Although it is often confused with the word Goterdammerung. It does not tell me what that word means. I'm assuming that one's like the actual apocalypse where like everyone is at, you know, the gods' mercy, not just the gods. I don't know. The myth tells of the eventual destruction of the universe and mankind, as well as the deaths of several key figures in North mythology, such as the gods Odin, Thor, Loki, Heimdall, Freyr, Sol, and Tyr. The monsters, uh, aka Jotun, Veneris, and Jorgamgander. A new generation of gods, the children of Odin, Thor, and Sol specifically, will take the place of the old ones as the cycle of the world starts anew. So it's like a reboot. Like, let's just make everybody a character. A, kind a, of. A, a, a kid of the cast from the original. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Um, the song heard in the trailer and during Thor's first and last battles is Led Zeppelin's Immigrant Song, which was chosen because the lyrics reference North mythology. Um, on Earth, Thor disguises his hammer, Mjolnir, as an umbrella. In the comics, whenever Thor took on the mortal form of Dr. Donald Blake, he disguised Mjolnir as a walking stick. However, an umbrella is a much more suitable disguise. Yeah. Who uses a fucking walking stick? He's on like, like a an old basis. doctor. Oh, really? I thought Donald his... Blake was like young. Eh. I mean, I would guess that Donald Blake is supposed to be like in his 30s. Got you. So like he's got like he's like an eccentric little like doctor man i don't know thor's not good at being human um or being an earth person no anyways when thor becomes a gladiator his signature long haircut is cut short and i love it he looks so much better with short hair yeah that scene of someone tying him down and forcing a haircut has given me nightmares <laughs> That's sad. i'm kidding uh, in ancient Roman history, slaves who were sent to gladiator school and trained as gladiators had their hair cut short. Thor also wears a winged helmet during the battle, reminiscent of his helmet in North mythology and the original Marvel comics. This movie is mainly based on the Thor comic storylines Ragnarok, in which Thor discovers Asgard is doomed to Ragnarok and must fight to stop it from happening. The Satur saga, where Satur appears and Thor and Loki must team up to stop him. It also incorporates the elements of the Marvel storyline's Contest of Champions, where the Grandmaster and Death host a tournament, and Planet Hulk, in which the Incredible Hulk becomes a gladiator on an alien world. Um, director Taki Watiti describes this movie as a 1970s, 1980s science fiction fantasy, the most out there of all the Marvel movies. He cited... <laughs> Oh, no. He cited Big Trouble in Little China as a major influence on this movie. This fun adventure film that has big stakes, but also is breakneck speed and takes you on a crazy adventure. Why? What is that movie? It's called it's Big Russell Trouble movie. in Little China. It is Kurt Russell and Kim Cattrall. Victoria, I shit you not, my father and I have watched this movie all the way through 25 times, and I could not tell you the plot. Now, somebody did you like it? it? No, it's so fun. Why does? Oh, it's just a fun movie. Yeah, it's not good. It's just okay. wild. I've only ever heard of it as like a dad movie. Like dads. It is like a dad Kung movie. Fu. It is. <laughs> how, how do you think I saw this movie? I get. But you My... just said your dad doesn't like it. It's just fun. Oh no, we don't. 
enjoy it as a piece of film or like a movie, but yeah. like it's insane. You, you know and who else has been like, tweeting about how much they like it? Uh, Gary Whitta. It's also like a little racially insensitive. It's probably a lot racially insensitive, but yeah. And it, um, it's this, the main Kurt Russell's character, Jack Burton has to help his friend's fiance is kidnapped by these people and these Chinese people in uh little China in San Francisco. Um, I just, yeah, it's a Kung Fu movie, right? No, I feel like that's generous. <laughs> it's supposed to be. It's, it's, is no, it because that's the thing that's confusing about it is it is the director and writer have said that it is a, action comedy which is why the movie's interesting to watch because you never know what's supposed to be taken seriously and what's a joke which makes the entire movie a fever dream somebody's head explodes at the end and the the end result looks like if you took green food coloring and mixed it into like cottage cheese like it's it's so weird it's such a weird movie it's like, and they have to face down with this ancient Chinese sorcerer um, who needs to marry the green-eyed woman, which is J- Kurt Russell's best friend's, Kurt Russell's character's best friend's fiance, the green-eyed woman, to break like a centuries-long curse, and that's Kim Cattrall's character. And they dress her up in like a traditional, the audience can't see my ear quotes, but a traditional, like, geisha dress and makeup and hair. It's a very weird movie. And that's why I'm saying that, like, it's very racist through the lens of the 1980s. It absolutely was not considered racist because it was the 1980s. It was racist. It's wild. It is a wild movie to watch. And you just sit there and watch it and you blink and it's over. And you're like, what (laughs) <laughs> was that real like did i just experience that i've never watched it stoned and i really want to a friend in college recommended to me once that i should watch it stoned. i like the way you think because i was just thinking the same thing yeah my, it's on hulu i just looked i didn't see it on any subscription thing okay, it used to be on hulu um it's always out there somewhere yeah it's not it's not yeah no you can find. you can rent it for sure i saw that yeah um yeah there aren't a lot of fun facts for like this movie they just kind of all like we're having a great time and like like yeah and then they talk about like it's only really that like lady sif couldn't be in it because that jamie alexander was filming blind spot um and so that's why Kevin Feige and Taki Waititi were like, Sif was away from Asgard on a mission while all this was going on. Yeah. Um, it's fine. Other than that, they're like, aren't really, there weren't really fun facts. Um, oh, I do have two, I have two more. Um, after, um, Hemdall 
when Hemdall protects escaping Asgardians in a forest and leads them to a cave to safety, the accompanying instrument theme heard uh, heard during this moment comes from Stargate uh, SG-1 for the Asgard, an alien race who protects Earth from otherworldly threats. The Stargate and the Bifrost with Heimdall guards and Hela Seeks are both portals to other worlds. Just a fun little Stargate reference. Get away from me. Um... <laughs> There's a fly in here and it's driving crazy. Yes. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> After dispatching Loki, Doctor Strange leaves his business card, which reads 177A Bleecker Street. While truly accurate to the comics, it, uh, it is very similar to 221B Baker Street, which is the address of Sherlock Holmes, who Benedict Cumberbatch plays. Even though they are similar, it is not a Marvel Easter egg. It was the real New York City address of Roy Thomas, one of the original writers on Doctor Strange. I was gonna say um, that I know people get like mad when, or not mad, but people get tired of like the New York City uh, stuff in the Marvel universe. But it always makes me happy when I'm like, oh, I know where that is. Yeah, <laughs> like it's on Bleecker Street, and I was like, yes. <laughs> it is the sole reason that like I want to go to Disneyland Paris and stay at the the Marvel New York Hotel because it'll That's- just feel like your home. Well, because it's all, like, they have, like, a traditional kosher deli, like, in the hotel. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, like, supposed to feel like, like, because they talked about this at the panel I saw at Comic-Con. And they were like, yeah, like, it's it's supposed to feel like, like, the deli that they're in in, like, When Harry Met Sally. Like, yeah. So, it's, like, the main reason I want to go. There's also dope artwork all over that hotel. Anyways, um... Valkyrie's flashback uses a 900 frames per second speed rate with a special 360 degree lighting rig of 200 strobe lights to make the scene look disorienting as possible. Damn. Yeah. So. That's fun. I love this movie. It's so fucking fun to watch. Just a ride all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's nice. I don't have that much else to say on it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like really like conflicted because I, I don't know, like this one and I said Guardians 2, they're like neck and neck. Like I can't figure out which one I like better. Yeah. <laughs> I love this movie. Like truly, and it's such a good movie. Also, just like a weird thing that like, at least personally for me, the Thor trilogy is like a like all over the place of where like my feelings are on each movie. Um, meanwhile, like I feel like a lot of the other ones kind of all stay in the same. Like all the Iron Man movies are kind of all like I'm like okay, they're all like good, they're solid. Um, two out of the three Captain America movies, I hate. <laughs> And even the one that I like, I have some qualms about. <laughs> oh my god. That Twitter post of the one for Soul War, everybody in the comments was like, wait, what? Like, people <laughs> I know from, like, video games and, like, that realm of, like, pop culture who didn't know that about me. Yeah. Like, Hi. Hi. No one attacked you, though, which is good. What? No one attacked you, though. Just like, oh, no, wow. No one was mean to- they would never. Like, no. <laughs> Uh, the closest was jo- uh, was uh, was Brett, not Josh. 
was Brett was like, how do I delete this tweet? <laughs> which is, was which so is playful. I know. I love Brett. And fucking Zach was like, uh, wait, I need to now know your other rankings to know why this falls that way. <laughs> which made yeah. me laugh. And then I was like, oh, it turns out I just hate all three Captain America movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry. I'm doing my best here. Um, yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of the, the movie. Uh, Jordan, do you have anything, any, any final thoughts? I mean, I just can't wait for Love and Thunder to have the same vibe, color, but I think a little bit more of a, not serious, but a higher stakes storyline. And I know it's just like, what could you be higher stakes? Be than... high stakes? Do you think it's not? No. Oh. I don't. I have a very specific idea of which phase four movies are going to be high stakes and which aren't. I don't necessarily mean high stakes for the overarching phase, just necessarily within its own movie. Like... Oh, yeah. I hope in the movie it has high stakes. <laughs> no, but I just mean like. In the sense that, like, there's a lot that's going to be changing in this movie. So, like, and I mean that in a good way, but. Yeah. I don't know. I'm excited. I want Thor Love and Thunder, but it has nothing to do with Thor. It has to do all with I'm excited to see Natalie Portman as Thor, and I'm excited to see. Technically, she's now going to be Thor. Yeah, but his name is Thor. So, I can't call him anything else. Yeah. Um, I tried to explain that to my mom. She, like, really didn't understand it and i was like just never mind just it forget it <laughs> technically in the comics she goes by lady thor but whatever which part of me is like that's sexist just because she's a girl doesn't mean that has to be her side part of me is like it would be really fucking confusing if they didn't though and yeah. eventually they start calling her mighty thor and yeah. you know it's a whole thing anyways um yeah i'm excited i'm excited for that movie it's gonna be good i'm excited for tessa thompson being being tessa thompson in it and valkyrie like living the dream um yeah all right well that does it all for this week you can find me on twitter uh at learn jazz and you can find me on instagram at learn.jazz and you can find jordan and i on twitch sometimes at uh twitch.tv slash orphan gamers jordan where can people find you people can find me at twitter at jordan underscore deeb as well as youtube.com slash waypoint podcast or twitter.com slash waypoint podcast if you don't want to watch our videos and you just want to listen to them we are on all podcast services i'm victoria where can people find you uh you can find me on instagram at victoria lyman and all the links to our socials will be in the description yes and we'll be back next week with our lecture on ant-man and the wasp uh so Until then, class is dismissed. Goodbye. Bye.